Hosea chapter 5, God willing, we'll be expounding verses 11 through 14 this morning. The title of the message is, Where We Run for Help. Where We Run for Help. We've been looking at God judging the people of Israel and the people of Judah because of their sin. And now we're going to be looking here in verse 11, and we're going to look at the description of this. God says, Ephraim is oppressed. Ephraim is oppressed. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. Forgive us, Lord, we failed you. Thank you for the wonderful Sunday schools and singing and the prayer time we've had together. And Lord, we just commit this time to you. We look to you, Father. May our eyes be on you this morning as your Holy Spirit feeds us from your precious word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ephraim is oppressed. Now remember when God says Ephraim, he's talking about the ten northern more liberal tribes of the people of Israel, which, uh, you know, being part of that two-kingdom system here. And God said that Ephraim was oppressed. Now, the, the Hebrew word that's translated oppressed here, it means to press down upon something. So, if I was pressing down upon something, then I am pressing, and whatever I am pressing on is oppressed. I'm doing the pressing, it's experiencing the oppression, okay? And so Ephraim is oppressed. So there is something pressing down heavy upon Ephraim. Israel was under immense pressure. Did you know that sin always levies pressure on those who practice it? Whether a nation or a person, always levies pressure. The world is full of people who are angry, bitter, frustrated, afraid, and stressed, all because of situations that were created because of their sin. Sin causes unnecessary heartaches and stress. The most joyful life you could ever live is the life of an obedient child of God. You know what we can do as children of God? We can cast our heavy burdens on Jesus. We all undergo a certain amount of pressure in our lives. Everybody does, some more than others. The pressure that comes from living in a sin-cursed world cannot be avoided. The pressure that comes from our own sinful choices can. We can alleviate a lot of that pressure. Ephraim's pressure came from their own sinful choices. The exceeding great weight of their sin was bearing down on them like a heavy burden. And it continued to do so uh, and, and getting heavier and heavier and would continue until that nation finally cracked. If you could think of a... This is kind of gross, but I'm going to use it because you'll never forget it. Yesterday, I was practicing the art of oppression. I was... I, I was uh, now, Jesse, you'd probably know better because you've been chicken, chicken guy for a long time. I'm, I'm kind of green at my chickens here. But I was checking my potatoes out yesterday, and there were a bunch of snails that were gobbling up my little potato plants. And so I gathered those snails up, 
Well, my chickens weren't interested in those snails. So I took my thumb and I began oppressing those snails. And after I kept putting a little more and a little more pressure on there, you know what finally happened? It broke. That snail broke. The chickens were, were more interested, but they didn't think they tasted good. They spit them out. So just let you all know. Don't worry about it. So that's what happens, though. When you have so much pressure, and the pressure, I, I don't care who you are. Y'all ever seen someone break under pressure? I have. I've broken under pressure before. Took, an, took more pressure than the average human, of course. But I've broken. But the nation here is getting so oppressed. God says, they're, they're oppressed, look back in your text, and broken. God pushed down on them that heavy weight of their sin. And, and how He did so, look, and says in judgment. See that? In judgment. God was responding to their sins and pushing down on them, letting them, letting them experience that heavy weight of their sin, the result of their actions, until finally their shell cracked. Do you ever look at the pressure our nation is under and wonder how much more it can take before it finally breaks? Our nation is uh, oppressed right now. There's a lot of pressure pushing down on our nation. And it's, it's as the result of our sin. It's in the judgment of God. And it's beginning to crack and fragment. And if it continues the path it's on, just like that snail, it'll finally just, it'll finally just be crushed. America has the heavy hand of God's judgment on her right now because of her sin. And that pressure will continue to bear down upon us as long as we continue to persist in our rebellion against the Lord. We are plagued with sexual diseases. Did you know that over 100,000 Americans die every year from drug overdoses? 100,000. The population of Tyler, thereabouts die from unnecessary drug overdoses. We are dependent on Muslims for our fuel and on communists for our supplies. Have you ever thought about that? We, I mean, we saw what happened when the supply chain got broke. If the supply chain's all local here in the United States, there's no issue. The problem was we couldn't get things into our country from the people who hate us. Pressure. God said Ephraim is broken in judgment. It was the judgment of God that broke that nation. Here's a kingdom truth. God often judges a nation by consuming its resources. God often judges a nation by consuming its resources. Speaking of God judging the land of Egypt, Psalms 105 Psalms 105, verses 34 through 35, say this. It says, quote, He spake, and the locusts came, and caterpillars, and that without number. What do locusts and caterpillars do? Just eat it up. 
Verse 35, and did eat up all the herbs in their land and devoured the fruit of their ground. When God judges a nation, He, he often does it through the consumption of their resources. Now I want you all to hear me out. The world has spun this. I'm not spinning it. I'm going to tell you the truth. The world has spun this. This is nothing racial. Nothing at all. I'd say the same thing if they were coming from Canada. Just listen closely. Well, we have people from all different nations right now coming up through our southern border. Let me explain what's happening here. Let me show you how this is God's judgment on our land. Last year, three million people flooded into America illegally. Now, the reason that they have laws set up to control the number of people who come in is not to control their color or their race or their country of origin. The reason they have the numbers set up to control the number that come in is because you have to have infrastructure to handle the number of people who come in. Not a, not a, in, in, you have to. And when the people overflow the infrastructure, you have caterpillars and locusts. Your, your, your goods, your supplies, your services get consumed. And God's allowing that to happen. Three million people, like locusts, they're pouring across our land, consuming our resources. And, and, and that's God's judgment on us, on our sinful nation. Three million people a year. In 2020, the population of Austin, Texas, that's our state's capital, the population of Austin, Texas was less than one million. Less than one million. So in one year's time, citizens of other countries numbering more than three times the population of our state's capital just flooded uncontrolled into our country. Now I want you to imagine for a moment a, a city three times the size of Austin, Texas. Have you ever been to Austin? Drive the traffic? It's big. Imagine a city three times the size of Austin, Texas, having no doctors, no dentists, no hospital beds, no pharmacies, and no law enforcement. Be a miserable place to live. Just this month, this month in 2023, May of 2023, 90,000 citizens from other countries entered our country in just 10 days. 90,000. In one month total, the entire population of Tyler, Texas, flooded into our country. And when these foreigners come, they're not bringing doctors with them. They're not bringing pharmacists with them. They're not bringing medicine with them. They're not bringing dentists or hospital beds, emergency room physicians, ICU nurses. And they're not being, bringing police officers or firefighters with them. They're entering into our emergency rooms, seeing our doctors, consuming our medicine and our supplies, taking up our hospital beds, burdening our social services, and making the wait times even longer to get in to see the specialists that our loved ones so desperately need to see. If this doesn't concern you now, then just wait as we continue. Three million a year. 
just wait until your loved one goes into an emergency room for help. And they have to wait because people who are not supposed to be here are being treated ahead of them. And because those people who didn't supposed to be here didn't pay for anything to the hospital, then you will have to pay many times more than what the service you received is actually worth. We're experiencing some of that now. Because of our sin, America is losing its sovereignty, losing its power, and losing its wealth. That's what happened to Israel. That's what's happening to us. It's not the locust's fault. It's not the caterpillar's fault. Locusts do what locusts do. Caterpillars do what caterpillars do. It's God that sends the locusts into our land. It's not politics. It's sin that has brought us into the position we're in. The burden upon our land is getting heavier and heavier. And if we don't repent, we're going to break beneath the weight of it. God said, Ephraim was broken in judgment. Look back in your text. Because, why? Because he willingly walked after the commandment. Now, he didn't say my commandment. He said the commandment. He wasn't willingly walking after God's commandment. He rejected Israel rejected God's commandment and they were walking after the commandment of men. The commandments of the, the nations around them. Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1 verse 14. It says we should not give, quote, heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. That's what happened to Israel. They gave heed to the commandments of men of the other nations around them, and it turned them from the truth of God. That's what's happened in our country as well. Israel was caught up in idolatry. They were worshiping false gods. They were very religious people. They willingly gave themselves to the commandment. They were committed to their false religion, to their false belief system. But they cherished Men's commandments that turned them from God's truth. God said they did this willingly. They were told better, but they disregarded God's word and did it anyway. America also has been told better. But we've disregarded God's word and turned from, the, and turned from God's commandments to the commandments of men. So there's going to be a repercussion. Verse 12. Therefore, God said, will I be unto Ephraim as a moth? The other day I walked in, I won't tell you, it was, quite, it was quite an experience. I walked in the other day when I came home, walked to the front door, and my wife greeted me at the door, and immediately I thought, it smells like an old person's house in here. At first, because she was greeting me at the door and hugged me, I thought, my wife smells like an old person. <laughs> then when I walked away from her, I realized, no, my house smells like an old person's house. Do you know what my wife had in the house? Mothballs. I, find, I walked outside and I did my thing outside. I walked back in and it hit me again. I finally said, Tammy, I can't, I can't do the mothballs. Can't do the mothballs. I'm sorry. But you know what it's like when you have really nice clothes? 
you know, because it takes time to buy your wardrobe. You just don't go out and buy a wardrobe. You, it, you save it up over time. You have the really nice things that you like in there. And then one day you pull it out. You're going to put on this dress. You're going to put on this suit coat or whatever. And you can see with a little moth larva started eating away at your clothes. Ah, those moths. God says, that's the way I'm going to be to Israel. You see, that's what God does to a nation. Now, a, a moth doesn't come into a closet and devour a, 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 a suit of clothes in one night. You don't just walk in and open up your closet. Oh, there's no but hangers in here. Those moths, they got me again. You don't do that. Moths eat little at a time, don't they? Little at a time. God said, I'm going to be like a moth to them. Little at a time, you're going to lose some of your freedom. Little at a time, you're going to lose some of your wealth. Little at a time, you're going to lose some of your power in the earth. Little at a time, you'll lose some of your pleasures. Some of the things you've been enjoying. And like a, like a, a frog getting boiled in the water, as the water gets hotter and hotter and hotter, the frog doesn't notice until it's too late. Until you got frog legs. God said, I'm going to be like a moth to them. You know what a moth does? A moth eats what we've stored up. A moth eats what we've stored up. doesn't eat what we wear. Not while we're wearing it. There's no moth getting on me eating this right now. But a moth eats what we've stored up. God is saying, I will cause Israel's wealth to be consumed a little at a time. I will be to them like a moth. Look back in your text. Into the house of Judah as rottenness. Rottenness. You go and you think, well, there's, there's some food in the refrigerator. Oh, that tasted so good the other day. And you go open it up and it's rotten. It's bad. It's spoiled. God said, it's going to be to them like rottenness. Something that used to be good, but now it's an unsound. Rottenness in their health. Rottenness, meaning the things that were once so good will become spoiled. The things you once enjoyed as a nation will become spoiled. The health of the nation, spiritually, financially, politically, will become unsound, rotten. God said, that's the way I'm going to be to them. God said, verse 13... When Ephraim saw his sickness, and Judah saw his wound. Now this is the rottenness, and this is the moth. When, when, when Israel opened up the closet and finally realized, I've got holes in, on my clothes. When Israel finally realized, my health is unsound. It, it, when people give up, when the presidents get up there and they give the State of the Union, they try to give the most cheerful, wonderful presentation they can but boy I tell you what if we got the state of the union and it's true light right now it would be pretty sad we'd all want to turn the TV off for listening to it and when Ephraim saw the state of the union when they saw the problem they were really in here described as their sickness they realized oh man we're in trouble our country's sick we have a wound. We're wounded, man. We, we're crippled. We're crippled as a nation. When they realized it, when Israel and Judah saw that they were in trouble as a nation, look back in your text, they went to, then went Ephraim to the Assyrian and sent to King Jerob. 
Well, that's just what I would do as a nation, isn't it? They went to Assyria. They sent to King Jerob. The name Jerob here is only used in the book of Hosea. It means he will fight. So I believe God is saying that Israel sought help from the earthly might and power of the Assyrian king when they realized they were in trouble. Think about what God is saying here. The people of Israel were in the mess that they were in because of their sin. Because they had turned from God. And all they had to do to recover from their, their sickness, to be healed from their wounds, so to speak, was repent from their sin and turn back to their God. And if they would have done that, God would have healed their land. They were sick and, had, and were wounded. The land was sick and wounded. Second Chronicles chapter 7 Verse 13 and 14, if you'd write this down, where it says, when Ephraim saw uh, her, 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 her uh, sickness and, and her wound, write down Second Chronicles seven thirteen through 14 in your margin. In that passage, God said, quote, If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. But instead of turning from their wicked ways and seeking God's face, they persisted in their wicked ways and sought help from someone else. Do you know why they sought help from someone else? Because the Assyrian wasn't going to tell them to turn from their sin. They were going to try to get help without God because they didn't want God's law. God said, I would have healed Israel, but they would not leave their sins and come to me. Here's a kingdom truth. A nation that depends on God, will never have to depend on another nation. We'll say it again. A nation that depends on God will never have to depend on another nation. You watch the nations of this world. They make leagues with each other in order to advance their own self-interests. America makes a league with Saudi Arabia. We'll give you protection. You give us fuel. Russia makes a league with China. Ukraine makes a league with the United States. And it goes on and on, everybody hoping someone will enrich their lives and bail them out of their troubles. But God told Israel to do just the opposite of that. In Exodus chapter 23, verse 31 and 32, God told Israel... Quote, I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea, even unto the Sea of the Philistines, and from the desert unto the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and thou shalt drive them out before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. Don't make a covenant with them. Don't enter a league with them or with their, their, their gods. Don't do it. Here's another kingdom truth. If you base your life on God's covenant with His people, you'll need not make a covenant with His enemies. If you'll base your life on God's covenant with His people, 
you need not make a covenant with his enemies. It was wrong for us to make trade agreements with nations who persecute Christians or deny the existence of God. It's wrong. We should not be trading with China who's persecuting Christians. We should not be trading with people who want to cut off Christians' heads, including our own. What are we doing? Don't make leagues with them, God said. Instead of thinking we need to get our lives right and return to the Lord, Israel went to other worldly institutions for help instead. That's what they did then. That's what godless people still do today. Here's another kingdom truth. A person's faith is revealed by where they go for help in the beginning, not where they wind up in the end. A person's faith is revealed by where they go for help in the beginning, not where they wind up in the end. Israel did not have their faith in God or they would have went to Him for help. God said, you went to this Syrian king, look back in your text, yet could he not heal you nor cure you of your wound. God said, I'd heal your land if my people would turn to me and seek my face and pray. He said, you didn't. You went to this Syrian and he couldn't heal you. He couldn't heal your wound. Do you know why? The world cannot cure a wound that it caused. The world cannot cure a wound it caused. Bruises come from Adam. Blessings come from God. God said, He couldn't heal you nor cure you of your wound. Verse 14, For I will be unto Ephraim as a lion and as a young lion to the house of Judah. I, even I, will tear and go away. I will take away and none shall rescue him. Israel and Judah were broken under the weight of God's judgment and nobody could deliver them from God's hand. God can deliver you from anything, but nothing can deliver you from God once His judgment has been poured out. Like a lion, God will tear a nation apart when His judgment comes. Boy, you look there in the book of the Revelation and you see how those nations join together in the end. And how they come against God. And you look what God does in the book of the Revelation. My, my. He rips them apart. Like a lion, he tears and goes away and no one can deliver them. He will tear a person apart when his judgment comes, just like he will a nation. God's patient. He's kind. He's long-suffering with us. But after people continue to reject God's mercy... And they continue to persist in their sins. God will tear. He will take away the blessing He once gave. And no one will be able to rescue them when that time comes. Where do you go when you're sick and you're, you need healing? Where do you go when the pressure of life has cracked you and broke you? Where do you go when you realize that you're in trouble? Do you go to God? Do you turn from your sin that got you there and turn to God who can get you out? Or do you persist in your sin and turn to some other solution instead? I pray that every one of us 
will take what we've read this morning in God's Word, apply it to our hearts, and say, God, that's not for me. That's not for me. Only you can heal. Only you, Father, can cure the sickness of my sin and make me the man and woman you created me to be. And I pray that we'll understand what's happening here in our nation. Look, don't, don't get frustrated. This is why the Bible puts everything into perspective. Don't get frustrated at the politics in our land. It's the result of the sin in our land. If you, I read something on the, a bumper sticker on the back of a car this morning. I couldn't even repeat it. But it was something that they wished to happen bad to Joe Biden. And you know, the person doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. God sent the locusts. God sent the caterpillars. God sending those people into our land. God put Joe Biden in Washington. God put Chuck Schumer where he's at. It's God doing this because it's us who've turned from God. And the only way America can get healed of its wound is to recognize what caused the wound in the first place. To turn from it and turn back to the great physician who alone can heal it. With that, we'll go ahead and close. And Lord willing, we'll get back into our, our text again next week. Very sobering every Sunday. Sometimes the Proverbs on Wednesday, they're a little more cheerful. But right now as we're going through Hosea, it's sobering. And it needs to be. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for these sobering words. We thank you, Lord, that you set everything in light. When I send pestilence, you said, we're not to get mad at the pestilence. We're not to be anti-pestilence. We're to be anti-sin and pro-God. And God will keep the pestilence away. And God, I pray, Father, that instead of directing our attention at ridding ourselves of, of the border problem or ridding ourselves of of the drug problem or ridding ourselves of the suicide problem or ridding ourselves of the, the dollar going down or, or our dependence upon foreign oil or, or China or supply chain. Instead of focusing on fixing those issues, help us, Lord, to realize that they're only symptoms of the disease. And the only way to fix it is not to treat the symptom but to cure the disease. And the, the cure is to turn from sin back to our God and embrace the word that you've given us to follow. As you told Israel, as you've told us, and Lord, I pray, even though we as Christians are living in a land where the majority of people are not doing this, help it to not discourage our hearts, but to remember our kingdom is from above and within us in Jesus' name. And the state of our union in Christ is always rock solid with a bright hope for the future. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen.